Welcome to the Naked Truth. Peace to you. Let's pick up where we left off. We're in the book of Numbers, the fourth book in the Old Testament, the fourth book of the Bible. Um, and we're going to begin with uh, chapter four and we're uh, at verse one. Then the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron saying, so Moses and Aaron are brothers. Moses is the same Ten Commandments. Moses, Aaron is his brother. Moses is the one who, according to the narrative, keeps getting the messages directly from the Lord as it's identified in the narrative. And he passes on the message generally to Aaron, his brother, who's, according to the narrative, more eloquent than Moses is. He can come up with the words better than Moses can. And they work together and lead the people um, so far through the wilderness after they were just rescued, delivered from, emancipated from slavery. And as far as the Lord speaking to them, the only thing I'll say, since we've seen this again and again through the entire last book of the Bible we went through, and again now in this new book of Numbers, whenever that comes up, refer to John in the New Testament, the fourth book in the New Testament, at the very first first chapter of that book, and compare for yourself, and whatever understanding you can come up with to make it make sense for you, God bless you. Verse 2, take a census of the sons of Kohath from among the children of Levi by their families, by their father's house. So they're talking about another census, just like they have census in current times, modern times, where you take account of all the people and see how many people there are. The only difference here is back then, at least in this, uh, at this point in the game, only the males are counted. And specifically, only males of a certain age are going to be counted for these census um or senses i don't know what the plural of that is but um so that's one of the differences um pointing to the patriarchy of the bible where it's literally only the men that count not so much the women um throughout the old testament and into the new testament except for jesus's teachings that seems to be the only place i've seen that does draw a balance uh of the sexes uh, uh an equal approach to the sexes otherwise it's all about men verse 3 from 30 years old and above even to 50 years old all who entered a service to do the work in the tabernacle meeting so specifically that group of people who are being counted at this point in this um census this is the service of the sons of kohath and the tabernacle meeting relating to the most holy thing so we um the other people were counted for population sake and so that they could um um so that they could um what's the word pay for the religious uh tribe of the country of the of the group of the cuz uh, there are like at least 12 different tribes and the one that's set apart as the religious tribe the ones who take care of all the religious things are Aaron, his sons, and their lineage, and Levites now, uh, who've also been dedicated to the same service, but different tasks in the service. Um, Verse 5, when the camp prepares to journey, Aaron and his sons shall come, and they shall take down the covering veil and cover the ark of the testimony with it. So um, the that group, the they they're to break down the tent basically if you um that's basically what it is it's a tent and it's being the it's being used as the tabernacle or church mosque 
temple, synagogue, however you want to think of it. It's the place where they go to worship, but not all of them are allowed to go there. It's not like the people gather there inside of it. Only certain people are allowed to even get near it. And especially only certain people, the people we're going through now, are allowed to even handle the parts of it, the poles, the tents, the coverings, all of that stuff. And that's basically what it's naming off what we're going through now. Um, let's see, verse 6. Oh, and the Ark is the same if you've seen the Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's referring to that same Ark. It's... um it be like a relic in modern times that set up to look like a chair, a throne, and the throne is has two angels on the side of it, or cherubim as they're called, with their wings spread out, covering the seat. It's the mercy seat, it's called. And according to the narrative, that's where Moses would go for the Lord to appear to him and give him these messages, not just these messages, but appear to him from time to time when um, the occasion called for it and the, all of the camp the rest of the people outside of the tabernacle could see when the Lord and I say that because like we've said before Lord it, the word Lord is translated from a few different words in the Old Testament um, and I'm pretty sure in this case it's Jehovah again when um, that appearance would happen the people outside of the tabernacle could see it because it would appear like a pillar of cloud or a pillar of fire. And then, so you can imagine that would get everyone's attention and let them know, okay, the Lord is showing up and is um, conferencing with um, with uh, Moses. And then, so Moses would go into the tent and have the communications with the quote-unquote Lord. And the tabernacle is was away from the everyone else, far away originally, but now it's being surrounded by uh, all the other people, the congregation, um, in their own camps by families to surround and sort of pr protect the tabernacle itself, um, that, that tent where Moses goes to meet. Um, verse 6, Then they shall put on it a covering of badger skins and spread over that a cloth entirely of blue, and they shall insert its poles. So it seems kind of, um, I don't know, it's very detail oriented the, the color schemes that are required the type of beard that the priests have to have the type of clothes the tassels and all of these things it seems really micromanaged by a lord who has a whole universe to tend to but these are the sort of details that are being given throughout the last few books that we've gone over the last couple of books uh, that it seems the lord is very particular about Verse 7, on the table of showbread, they shall spread a blue cloth and put on it the dishes, the pans, the bowls, and the pitchers for pouring, and the showbread shall be on it. So um, a table setting is also part of what needs to be attended to by the priests and Levites. Verse 8, they shall spread over the, them a scarlet cloth and cover the same with a covering of badger skins, and they shall insert its poles. So it's talking about packing up everything when they're on the move so that the holy articles can be gathered together and then covered with the badger skin basically to make it waterproof like an umbrella. Then the poles are set in it so that it can be transported. And they shall take a blue cloth and cover the lamp stand of the lamp with its lamps, its wick trimmers, its trays, and all its 
oil vessels with which they service it. So the same thing with the lampstands, they're packed up, covered, and so that they can be transported. Verse 10, and they shall put it with all its utensils and a covering of badger skins and put it on a carrying beam. So that's what the poles are for, the beams. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm trying to think what you might want to picture that as. Um, if picture it as if you could picture two people standing, say six to ten feet apart, and they have two heavy poles, metal wooden poles with metal coverings over them, you know, um, overlaid with metal, and it's gold if it's these holy articles. And <clears throat> excuse me. And then imagine with the two poles passing through the sides of a table or some sort of chest, and the chest containing all these things that are being carried by the poles verse 11 over the golden altar they shall spread a blue cloth and cover it with the covering of badger skins and they shall insert its poles so that's what the skins are about that's what the poles are about verse 12 and they shall take all the utensils of service with which they minister in the sanctuary put them in a blue cloth cover them with a covering of badger skins and put them on a carrying beam so Again, with the carrying beams and how everything's packed up. And in particular about the the color, the colors for some reason. Verse 13, also they shall take away the ashes from the altar, spread a purple cloth over it. So um, same thing with the ashes, where with the altar where the ashes are burned, where the incense is burned, where the animals are burned. Clear away the ashes, cover up the altar. Verse 14, they shall put on it all its implements, with which they minister there, the fire pans, the forks, the shovels, the basins, and all the utensils of the altar, and they shall spread on it a covering of badger skins and insert its poles. So same thing with it, packing it up so that it can be transported. Verse 15, And when Aaron and his sons have finished covering the sanctuary and all the furnishings of the sanctuary, when the camp is set to go, then the sons of Kohath shall come to carry them, and they shall not touch any holy thing, lest they die. These are the things in the tabernacle of meeting, which the sons of Kohath are to carry. So Aaron and his sons are assigned the duties of packing it up. But the sons of Kohath, more descendants of uh, the Levites or either Aaron, uh, specifically aren't allowed to touch the things, but they're, they're free to carry it. Um, and it says, lest they die. So there's a death penalty. There is instant karma, it seems, when the Lord wants to, if people offend with some of the holy articles. But when it comes to other things like Dinah's rape, no instant, instant, karma, instant karma there. The people are left to figure it out and do what they will with it. But no justice for poor Dinah from on high, anyway. Um, and that's not the only incident. It seems sometimes the Lord here pays uh, more attention to things that seem less pressing and overlook things that seem a whole lot more urgent. Verse 16, the appointed duty of Eleazar, the son of Aaron, the priest, is the oil for the lamp, the sweet incense, the daily grain offering, the anointing oil, the oversight of all the tabernacle, of all that is in it, with the sanctuary and all and its furnishings. So Eleazar's, Eleazar is Aaron's son, um, one of the two that are left, and the other two more of them were killed with that instant karma sort of thing, not having to wait till you die to reap what you sow, but instantly getting repaid directly from the Lord um, for offending in something. Um, the only there's two left. Eliezer is one of them, and these are his duties, the things he's to carry and take care of. 
Verse 17, and the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, Do not cut off the tribe of the families of the Kohathites from among the Levites. So, um, making it clear here that the Kohathites are to be included with the Levites. Uh, I'm not sure why they wouldn't have been included with them. Um, verse 19, but do this in regard to them, that they may live and not die when they approach the most holy things. Aaron and his sons shall go in and appoint each of them to his service and his task. So that, so then that's the part that the Kohathites, as they're called, that's their duty so that they can take part in the service with the religious articles. Verse 20, but they shall not go in the watch while the holy things are being covered, lest they die. So a death penalty, if they even see the things being handled and put away the holy articles. Verse 21, and you can still believe that's the Lord God Almighty if you want to. Um, but if you do believe that, then how can you possibly believe that the Lord is not a respecter of persons, as it says in other parts of the Bible, or that the Lord is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and that the Lord is unchanging and all of that? None of that can possibly be true if you believe that that's the Lord um, here in this narrative, this chapter. Verse 21, then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, also take a census of the sons of Gershon by their father's house, by their families. Um, so another branch of um, the families to have a census taken. From 30 years old and above, even to 50 years old, you shall number them, all who enter to perform the service to do the work in the tabernacle of meeting. So specifically, those people are to be counted this time. Verse 24, this is the service of the families of the Gershonites in serving and caring. So now I'm about to lay out what their service duties are. They shall carry the curtains of the tabernacle and the tabernacle of meeting with its covering, the covering of the of badger skins that is on it, the screen for the door of the tabernacle of meeting. So um, they have the labor of carrying things like beasts of burden. That's their part. Verse 26, the screen for the door, the gate of the court, the hangings of the court, which are around the tabernacle and altar and their cords, all the furnishings for their service and all that is made for these things so shall they serve so that's their part to carry certain articles involved in setting up the tent verse 27 Aaron and his sons shall assign all the service of the sons of the Gershonites all their tasks and all their service and you shall appoint to them all their tasks as their duty so letting them know the Gershonites are to be told that's what their duties are Verse 28, this is the service of the families of the sons of Gershon in the tabernacle meeting and their duties shall be under the authority of Ithamar, the son of Aaron, the priest. So Ithamar is the other son of Aaron who survived the uh, profane offering as it's called and uh, he's the one to instruct them as to what their duties are. Verse 29, as for the sons of Merari, you shall number them by their families and by their father's houses. So another specific set of people to be, uh, a census to be taken of, a count to be taken of. Verse 30, from 30 years old and above, even at 50 years old, you shall number them. Everyone who enters the service to do the work of the tabernacle meeting. So again, that's not everyone, that's that specific group. So there's people who are uh, under 30 years old and people over 50 years old that aren't being counted but are still a part of the population. So I'll let you know, there's probably a million and a half, and a half upwards of a million and a half people 
all together traveling um, through the wilderness on the trek they're taking since they've been uh, emancipated from slavery in Africa. Probably more like two million, if not more than that, but at least a million and a half just by the count that has been taken. And this is what they must carry as all their service for the tabernacle meeting. The boards of the tabernacle, its bars, its pillars, its sockets. So naming off the articles that they are to carry. The sons of Merari, that is. 32. And the pillars around the court with their sockets, pegs, and cords. With all their furnishings and all their service and all. And you shall assign to each man by name the items he must carry. So um, more beasts of burden duties for the sons of Merari. Also to just... Um, be the ones to carry the holy things not necessarily be able to touch them but they can carry them as they're transported verse 33 this is the service to the families of the sons of Merari as all their service for the tabernacle meeting under the authority of Ithamar the son of Aaron the priest so just laying out again that it's the sons of Merari that have those specific duties verse 34 and Moses Aaron and the leaders of the congregation numbered the sons of the Kohathites by their families and by their father's house. So um, going back to Moses and Aaron um, and the census of this specific group of people. Verse 35, from 30 years old and above, even to 50 years old, everyone who entered the service for work in the tabernacle of meeting. Verse 36, and those who were numbered by their families were 2,750. So that's who's um, been numbered of that specific group to handle those specific duties. Verse 37, these were the ones who were numbered of the families of the Kohathites, all who might serve in the tabernacle meeting when Mo whom Moses and Aaron numbered according to the commandment of the Lord by the hand of Moses. So it seems repetitious that it keeps saying these are the ones and then saying them and then saying it again, but I guess that's how it's written, so that's how we're reading it. So, so far it's 2,700. And those who are numbered by of the sons of Gershom, Gershom by their families and by their father's house, from 30 years old and above, even to 50 years old, everyone who entered the service for the work in the tabernacle meeting, those who are numbered by the, their families, by their father's house, were 2,630. So almost 5,000, just over 5,000 people so far. Verse 41, these are the ones who are numbered of the families of the sons of Gershom, of all who might serve in the tabernacle meeting whom Moses and Aaron numbered according to the commandment of the Lord. So um, letting us know those specific people are the ones being counted in this census. 30, verse 42, those are the families of the sons of Merari who were numbered by the, their families, by their father's house from 30 years old and above, even to 50 years old. Everyone who entered the service for the work in the tabernacle meeting, those who were numbered by their families were 3,200, so about 9,000 so far. These are the ones whom, who were numbered of the families of the sons of Merari, whom Moses and Aaron numbered according to the word of the Lord by the hand of Moses. And all who were numbered of the Levites, whom Moses, Aaron, and the leaders of Israel numbered by their families and by their father's houses from 30 years old and above, even 50 years old, everyone who came to do the work of the service and the work of bearing burdens in the tabernacle meeting, those who were numbered were 8,580. 
So that's the more specific number, 8,580. Verse 49, according to the commandment of the Lord, they were numbered by the hand of Moses, each according to his service and according to his task. Thus were they numbered by him as the Lord commanded Moses. So uh, that's the end of another census of the people, specifically the people assigned the duties for carrying um, the holy articles, uh, the religious articles in for the um, service of the religion. And that's the last verse in this chapter. Um, so that's where we're going to end this reading. I appreciate you checking it out with me and hope it's a blessing for you as always. Past readings can be heard here on this platform on Anchor and Spotify and others. Or if you're an adult, you can go to my platform, hungtgirl.com, and hear and read along with me past readings of uh, The Naked Truth there also. If you go to the Spirit and Soul pages, you can see specifically the readings we do uh, here on our Saturday nights where we focus on the red letters of the Bible, the things Jesus actually had to say. Because it turns out, as I've said before, the whole Bible is not a Christian message. There are many different religions in the Bible, not just one or two. And the part that is Christian, the part that Christ actually says, only appears in a tithe or a tenth of the 60 plus books of the Bible. Only six of them have any red letter quotes at all. And so that's what we focus on on our Saturday night readings to get a better understanding of what Christians should be focused on rather than these sort of things where it's tedious repetition of articles that don't even that aren't even in use anymore, at least not widely known. There may be some elites and, um, uh, and wealthy elites who do have access to these different articles that may have survived over the millennia. But generally speaking, you're not going to see these things in any, any synagogue or temple or church that you go into around the world, unless, like I said, you're an elite who has access to some of these articles, these relics, um, that I'm sure some of them must have survived, although some of them, according to the narratives in the Old Testament, were melted down, um, and some of them were um, stolen and when the people were taken captive and all sorts of different things. So maybe some of them still exist. And I'm sure if they do, uh, they're probably worth millions. And so people aren't trying to let go of them anytime soon. Um, but whatever the case may be, we focus on these other readings on Mondays and Wednesdays so that we get a better understanding as Christians why it is, as Christians, we should focus on what Jesus has to say. Because why else would you give anyone else the authority to be your guide to salvation if you're a Christian other than Christ himself? Um, so those readings, you can read along with me there on my site. You can get a subscription, make a donation, or just enjoy the free content. I appreciate all of the above, and God bless you for all of the above, and I hope you'll join me again. Stay safe, and peace be with you. See you next time.